We're here, and we're here to worship the King of kings and Lord of lords. And again, I say we are so thankful for you that are here. I don't feel too much like a stranger at this pulpit, but we will be glad Brother Magine is back. But we're thankful that they have had a good trip and they're on their way home. So just be praying for them as they travel, making their way back home. I feel that the Lord has given to us a message today, and I, I, it's a message that every one of us need to hear. Now, I've already heard it. In fact, I've heard it a few times. I didn't hear it with my ears, but I've heard it with my heart. So I'm going to just pass on to you what I feel God has placed into my heart. And we're going to be taught our, our, our lesson, our message, our admonition to you is our responsibility. I could say your responsibility, but it is our responsibility. And we will do our very best to present it in a way that you will go away with something in your heart about your responsibility. First, we will read from Romans chapter 14 and verses 7, 8, and then we'll drop down to 12. Romans 14. 7 and 8. For none of us live to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. And whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live to uh, therefore, or die, we are the Lord's. Verse 12. So then, every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. If you don't say it out loud, say it in your heart. So then every one of us shall give an account to God. Every one of us will give an account to God. Now say, I will give an account to God. You may be seated. God bless you. At one time, Daniel Webster was considered the greatest of all Americans. He was an outstanding statesman, lawyer, orator, and leader. At a banquet given to him in his honor by 25 national leaders, one of them asked him, Mr. Webster, Sir, what is your greatest thought that ever entered your mind? Without hesitation, Mr. Webster answered, The greatest thought that ever entered my mind is the responsibility to God, the responsibility to God. 
I love to read about great men. Now, some of those were not necessarily godly men, but they were great men in their realm. But someone like Daniel Webster, and and he's one of my best friends now, his, his book, I have to have it when I'm studying the Bible. Because there's a whole lot of words I think I know the meaning of until I look it up and hear from Mr. Webster. And I, then I learn something more. So when we have a man like Daniel Webster that says his, the greatest thought that ever entered his mind was his responsibility to God. Could every one of us here grasp this for ourselves this morning? My greatest responsibility is to God. I have a lot of responsibility for other things. I have a beautiful little lady that been my partner now for 50-some years. I I have a responsibility to to her. 36 years ago, seven or something, God brought us to the Brandon area for one purpose, and that was to build a church. I feel like I have a responsibility yet to God. I've I've said it a lot of times. God definitely sent me to Brandon. And I'm still here. And by the grace of God, I'll still be here until I breathe my last breath. Why? Because... My greatest responsibility is not my wife. My greatest responsibility is to God and what He has commissioned me to do. Now, I'm not taking a thing away from our current pastor, but I am still here for a purpose And I am grateful that God has given me this responsibility still yet. We have before us the greatest opportunities that's ever been offered to humanity. We have some great, great opportunities. But with these opportunities... We also have the greatest challenges that any uh, period of time in the history of the world. Because we have more of the things we need to be able to get the job done for the kingdom of God. It troubles me when I don't see it happening to the degree that I feel it should be happening. So we have these, the opportunities, we have the challenges, and we have the responsibilities. You're going to hear the term responsibility enough that when you leave here, it's going to be embedded into your mind. I'm going to try to see that. You're going to know you have a responsibility. Number one, to God. Number one is the greatest one, and there's a lot of other responsibilities, and we could not uh, possibly today uh, cover the whole spectrum of responsibilities. 
But I do want to cover two of them. One of them is to God, and one of them is to you. Every one of us, nobody else has a responsibility for me than me. And nobody has a responsibility for you but you. So God is our first responsibility. And I'll I'll clarify this as we go through that He is our greatest responsibility and we are next to that. And folks, don't please don't think I'm trying to get you to put yourself before everything else. Uh, I said we have a responsibility. That don't mean that we don't have responsibilities to others. But our two greatest responsibilities is God and ourselves. We have a responsibility to give ourselves to God. Now, nobody else can do that. Nobody else. I I have a good brother here this morning. I've known him for 30 some years. And. I've always called him brother. Yeah, he's still here. And you know what? I loved him before he made that big step and turned his life over to God. I loved him then because I had to love him because God loved him. Amen. Wave your hand, brother. He's still my brother. So nobody can give us to God but somebody, and I hope everybody becomes a somebody, everybody can tell somebody about the love of God. And though maybe you are witnessing to people and and they don't seem to be doing anything toward living for God. Don't quit. You're not a failure. Remember, you've heard this a lot of times, but you're not a failure until you quit. When you quit, you become a failure. So surely, our first Responsibility is to God to give Him our life, the one that gave to us His life. Now we need to give our life to Him. He gave His life to us, Jesus Christ. Now we are to give our life back to Him. Remember, He not only gave His life, but He has given to us all of the, the, the best gifts that the world has to offer comes from God. It's, it, it's, it's so beautiful to think about it, about Jesus Christ would give His life for, for people like me and you. We've got so much folks to be excited about. Amen. How many of you folks have plants in your house, live plants? Oh, I like that. Thank you. I'm glad you... I I love plants inside. I love plants outside. I, I love nature. And when you bring live plants into your house, it's kind of like you've got got life in there. But you notice when you have a plant inside, it needs light. 
It will not live. You can't put it in the closet and close the door and it'll live. It has to have light. And you notice, if you set that light where the sun will shine through a little bit or the bright light, maybe not direct sun, but it will shine through and that plant will do what? It will bow toward the light. Could we get a message out of that? Yeah, I, I could preach on that for a little while, but I've got, I've got a whole bunch of things I want to say. But that light, and if it was not for that light, those plants could not live. Jesus Christ is the light of the world. We're not going to need the moon and the sun when we get to heaven because He will be the light. He is the light, but He gave us a sun and a moon as the great lights while we're in this world. But when we make heaven, He is going to be the perfect light. So he has, he has given us light, and without that light, we wouldn't be alive. Now, that's why he's worthy of all of our praise. Our responsibility is to Jesus Christ. We're told... I've heard this and maybe read it and read about some of this type of people, that the most super successful people, and this is usually in the business world, what we think about, but that most of the super successful people usually are not born with that proverbial silver spoon in their mouth. Many of those great men, they were born in poverty. Uh, they were, we were born in ignorance. Their, their parents were not educated, and many of them, they were not educated. But there are some of those that was born in poverty and ignorance. They did not allow that to, to be what's going to direct their lives. They didn't use it as an, as an excuse to continue on in that type of a life. Folks, I wish we could get the message across to everybody we know that they don't have to live as sinners, ungodly, unholy, unrighteous, un-everything you can think of. They don't have to live that way. If they will just look unto Jesus, He will direct them in a way that will bring to them life. I, I look at folks as, by all appearance, they're living in sin by the things they do, that they're living in sin. So what they have done, they have shut out the light of God's glory that God wants to shine into their life. And when that light, when we allow the light, and He is the light of the world, when we allow that light to come into our soul, we then have become a much better person. We are a better person to ourselves. When we allow Christ to live in us, 
and be in control of our life, we will be a better person. And we will be better for other people. We will be a better help to the world that we're living in. But in this day that we live, we're living or being hurled into a fast pace. Uh, most of us in here, we can remember when life was so simple. Is anybody living now in a, with a simple life? If you are, I, I want to talk to you. I want to know how you do it. Folks, we are in a fast-paced world, a very complex world. I've, I've said this before, and I'm going to use it again. I think it fits in here. But I can remember when the electricity never did go off at our house. No, never did. The freezer never did quit freezing. The kitchen stove didn't quit heating, unless we ran out of wood. Now, some of you folks didn't, you, you, you've never had it like this. When everything that we have now, it's, all, it's, it's always breaking down. Our car never did quit. We didn't even have to put gas in it. Now, you younger ones, you think I'm trying to be funny. I'm just being, I'm just being truthful. No. The tires never did wear out on our car. Well, you've already figured it out. We didn't have any of these things. Oh, by the way, the television never did, never did break. In fact, at our house, the radio never did quit playing. You say, you was born in poverty. No, I wasn't born in poverty. I was born in love. I was born into love. And... I'm thankful for that. That 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 was worth more than all of the things that we now have. But in 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 this fast-paced world, we have we have to be careful or we be, uh, we get just totally caught up in the things of this world. I finally got it said. The things of this world. Let me remind us, the things of this world are all temporal. That means they're going to pass away. The Word of God tells us it's going to pass away. Now, remember, we have a responsibility. We have a respons responsibility to God. We have a responsibility to ourselves. I am going to throw one more in. We have a responsibility for someone else. I believe that when Christ fills us with His Spirit, He gives us a responsibility to give this truth to somebody else and lead them to a relationship with Jesus Christ. Does anybody feel that you have a responsibility for that? If you don't, you need to get on your knees praying. I can well remember 50-some years ago when God's Spirit came into my life. One of the first thing it did, it 
put a desire in there to tell somebody else about the power of God's Holy Ghost. You say, well, when did you tell somebody? The next morning when I went to work. I worked right across the... I was an inspector. There's two of us. And we worked just right across from each other. And I just couldn't think about what we, the job was about. I was thinking about a new job. And that was, I had to tell him about Jesus Christ. And you know, that still hasn't stopped. I know I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility this morning to tell you. And I don't care how long you've lived for the Lord. There's still more we can learn. So that's, that's why we're in church together this morning. Because we want to know more. We want to tell somebody else about the Lord. So all of the things of this life. But our deepest things should be those things that are eternal. Now we know that these human bodies that we're in now, we know they're going to be changed. The way for us to change and live with Christ that's the best way to go. We, I'm sure everybody knows that. But if we don't do that, then we're going to have to live eternally. The Scriptures tell us that every soul is eternal. Either we're going to live with Jesus Christ or we're going to live with the devil in the place that's been prepared for he, for the devil. Jesus told us, I go to prepare a place for you, and that where I am, there you may be also. But he told us in the Word of God, he told us about another place that was prepared for the devil and his angels. So don't, come a, don't become an angel of the devil, become an angel of God. Because those angels of the devil are going to a pit of everlasting torment. You say, we know all this stuff. I'm reminding you, and if you haven't really got it soaking in your heart to where you're totally living your life for Jesus Christ, that you'll say, well, maybe I better check out. And a whole lot of folks need to check up from the neck up. And if we are not living our lives for Jesus Christ, we definitely need a spiritual refurbishing. Amen. Our lives. We are responsible to build our life. We cannot depend on somebody else to build our character for us. Our, our, we can't depend on somebody else to build our spiritual life. Because we have the first all we have that responsibility and Somebody else has a responsibility to, to tell us about this great gospel, this great God that we serve. But we have to make, we have a responsibility to remember to ourselves to make the decision. 
I'd, I'd like to make decisions for a lot of people, but and, and we can make decisions. We can tell somebody about them, but we can't make them live like we'd like to see them live. But we can still tell them. Amen. We need to live in such a way that our life is filled with the goodness and the grace that the Lord offers to us. That our, our mind is filled with that. I know in this fast-paced world, we have to, we have to keep it on some things. If you live in a house. You, you have to be responsible for that house because if you don't and, and the roof gets bad, it won't be long until your bed will be getting wet. And the floors will be rotting out of your house if they've got not many houses in this part of the world have wood floors. But if you have wood floors and the roof goes bad, your floor will soon go bad. So we have a responsibility for the house we live in, the car you drive. If you don't take care of it, you have a responsibility. And uh, if it needs to be uh, have anything done to it that you can't do, you have to get it fixed. Well, we have things in our life, we have to get them fixed. Yeah, does anybody else ever once in a while, things just seem to go wrong, and you get just, well, what, what good term can I use? Maybe a little perturbed. I was thinking angry, but I didn't want to say that. Well, let's see. And, and you just maybe kind of get angry. Can somebody tell me what good it did you to get angry? Well, it really doesn't help, does it? Well, that's why we need to stay in real close with the Lord to where when we feel things are not going right, that we're going we're gonna to make sure that He is in control in our life. Praise the Lord. I'm glad it's not time to quit. Praise the Lord. I'd, I'd like to say to all of us, Whatever you feel that your spiritual level is. Let me challenge all of us. Don't be afraid to dream big dreams. Whatever level we are in our walk with God, there is room for improvement. So don't be afraid to, to dream some big spiritual dreams. I really believe that the Lord will be there to see us through, that these dreams can become realities. But remember, we want our dreams to want, we want them to be compatible with what Jesus Christ has given us in this great book that we have before us. We want to look into His Word, and if if we will have our lives compatible with the Word and with what He has given us. Uh, we can build our life to a little higher realm in the spirit. 
I, I, I don't think any of us are hardly perfect yet. We are striving for perfection, right? But we're not perfect yet. So we want to keep looking unto Him. Um, and if we want to build our lives, we have to do something to build them. A, a systematic prayer habit is one of the, the good things. Systematic prayer. Prayer is communion with the Lord. And, and we want Him to commune with us. When, when we have a need, we want Him to come on the scene. Well, I think He expects us to stay in touch with Him. From, th- from this angle, not all coming our way, we want to give back to Him praise, honor, and glory because He's worthy of all this. Amen. I, I, I'm going to not take but just a little while longer, but before we close, I want to touch on something that, and, and don't think I'm getting off track, but we have to have some self-esteem. Self-esteem. Now, nobody can give that to us. We're responsible to ourselves for our self-esteem. Everybody agree with that? Our self-esteem. It means to regard as valuable your life is valuable to you. So your self-esteem is the, the life you're living. This is why we, we can improve. At the end of life's journey, I'm going to say this same thing I basically said, so I'm going to say it a little different. But at the, at the end of life's journey, what you have done during your lifetime is going to depend on whether you make heaven or hell. And for those that, that, that know me, I don't like to I don't even like to say hell. Because I, I don't it just it just sounds like a real bad word. Well, I don't know if it's a real bad word, but it's a real bad place according to God's Word. So our self-esteem. I I believe if if we have a high self-esteem, we'll help other lives. We will make, I think we'll make our little part of the world a better place. So let's let's look close at our self. What kind of image do you have of yourself? Think about it. The image you have of yourself will determine your future. If you think you can do something, most likely you can. If you don't think you can, you can't rather, most likely you can't and you won't. You will not. So your image you have of yourself determines your future. It will be a determining factor in of your of what your life is going to be. I I know what somebody's thinking. Yeah, but I, I 
I know some people that they think they're the only good ones in the whole world, or at least they're the best. Well, that's not self-esteem. That's ignorance. Excuse the word. So we're we do have an image of ourselves, though. Amen. Because that image is going to have a a, a, a part in everything we do. The person who sees himself as good will not seek to do wrong things, but they will they will seek to keep that image. Now don't lie to yourself. If if you know that you're not doing right, don't Tell yourself you're doing all right, because that won't—that really won't get you anywhere. I—I—I known people that that felt that they didn't even deserve to have the good things that's offered to them for this life. They just don't feel like that they're worthy. That's not too smart. But to some, uh, and I know some folks that think they cannot live for the Lord because of their past. We've all got a past. There wasn't none of us born into this world perfect. We had to come to Christ. And again, we had a responsibility to self to come to Him. Others can desire it for us, but we have to desire it for ourselves. We need to, every one of us, see that we are a creation of God. The devil didn't make us. God made us. Well, that makes us have quite a responsibility to him he made us, and he doesn't make anything that's bad. I said, God doesn't make anything bad. A person that has gone bad, it is not because of what Christ did. It's what they allowed the devil to do. So see yourself as a creation of God. In Psalm 139, verse 14, and I'm just going to use just probably a short, let's get it up real quickly. Uh, Psalm 139, verse 14, the psalmist says, I will praise thee. I will praise thee for I am Fearfully and wonderfully made. Let's read the whole thing now. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. Now that's what God wants us to to be. He wants us to see. We are a creation of God. And the psalmist, I love this to be in there because this is not putting yourself up on a pedestal. This is putting yourself in the level God wants you. And when he said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, he's giving God the praise. He's not saying he made himself beautiful. He's given his God the praise. Don't forget that scripture. Psalm 139, verse 14. If you get 
if you get sometimes you get the humdrums and the, you know the downward things not going good. Read Psalm 139. That's what God made us. We need to take care of it. I said God made us that way. We have a responsibility to keep it that way. Praise the Lord anyway. And, and if we can see that, this will help us to have a confidence that uh, it's kind of like what Paul uh, wrote about in his letter to Timothy, in 2 Timothy uh, 1 and 12. 2 Timothy 1 and 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things, nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded. Folks, we need to have a persuasion from above. Paul said, I am persuaded that he is able to keep what? How much? He is able to keep that which I have committed unto him. How much have you committed unto the Lord? How have you in just committed just a little fragment of your life or are you committing your life to Jesus Christ? I have committed unto him against that day. I think he's thinking about judgment day. We all will stand before God and be judged. And remember, God is a righteous judge. He's not a, he's not a, a, a wishy-washy. He is strictly perfect, altogether perfect. So if we get a hold of some of these things and know them, that they'll help us to have a confidence, and the confidence will help us to meet our responsibilities. You'll meet your responsibilities if you get your confidence right. I want to go back to Romans chapter 14. This is in the beginning. Chapter 14 of Romans, verse 12. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Every one of us will give an account. Every one of us is going to give an account of ourself to God. The person that you love the most, my wife, I love her. My two sons, I love them. I love my grandchildren. And now I can boast I have a great-grandchild. And he is one more. Oh, he, 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 he's a just, he's a great little guy. I mean, you know, he's not up running. He is probably up running around now, but when we saw him, when we was out in Arizona, this little guy was still on his knees, and uh, but he, he was, you know, when we got grandchildren, I thought, boy, they had they had the right word when they said grand, because those 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 that yours, 
they're, they're great children, right? Everybody's got just really great children. But then you get the grandchildren, and then when they go great-grand, boy. Now, you say, well, you got off track. No, I'm just talking about that we need to see ourselves in the eyes of God, and God wants us to love. God wants us to love. If we don't love one another, we can't love God. That's that's one thing. This this little group, when it, when it was a lot more, we we had the same love. But folks, you that don't know these people in here. You're among some of the most loving people that you'll ever get around. And I mean that from the depths of my heart. I, I love every one of you. Um, you're, you're part of my life. You really are part of my life, and I love you. Thank you so much for being here this morning. Let's stand together. I do ask you, keep praying for David. From the looks of his hand, I saw it a couple times just after it was done. It didn't look too good. So let's let's keep him in your prayers. We need each other. Brother David needs your prayers. Let's just, from our hearts, for just a very short time, let's just give praise to the Lord. You say, I really don't know how to praise the Lord. Well, you look unto Him and you listen to what the Word of God says. You listen to some of the songs that's been written and it, it makes you want to give praise. If you really don't feel like praising the Lord, just pick up your Bible and read it a little bit. Pretty soon you'll really want to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you.